the inside that reminds me of how good God is. Oh, come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah indeed. God has been good to us. Hallelujah. I said God has been good to us. He's been good to us. Hallelujah. He's been good to us. He's been good. Somebody point to somebody around you and say, he's been good to me. Oh, come on, find two more people around you and just testify, point at them and say, God's been good to me. Hallelujah. You ought to tell somebody of the goodness of our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah, he's been good. Hallelujah, he's been good. He's been good to me. Whereof we're glad, whereof we're grateful and we're thankful to God for all that he has done for us. Come on, put those hands together again and give God some praise. Amen. We thank God. We thank God for our praise team and we thank God for Brother Mason. Amen. Leading us. Come on, give him another hand for leading us forth in worship and in praise. Hallelujah. Sometimes, sometimes we can be dismissive of children. But Jesus said, suffer little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he said, if we do not approach him with the same mindset as a little child, then we're not ready for the kingdom of heaven. So sometimes it takes a child to remind us. I wish I had help here this morning. Sometimes it takes a child to remind us how we ought to give God praise, how we ought to give him glory, how we ought to approach the throne of grace. Hallelujah, because he's been that good to us. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're certainly grateful to God for his blessings, for his mercy, and for his kindness, for his goodness to each and every one of us. And I thank God for each of you who've come to share with us and for those who faithfully watch us as well by media, by virtual media and social media. We praise God for you for continuing to tune in and be a part of this experience, this worship experience. Amen. It's different than it was a couple years ago. Amen. But yet God is still moving and yet God is still good. And yet God is yet worthy to be praised. Is that right? Amen. He is yet worthy to be praised. We want to share something with you on this morning. It's something that was actually inspired. I, I guess God, he, he works in, in mysterious ways. It was inspired to me by a conversation that I've had with not just one friend, but by a couple of friends. And it's a series, if you will, but it's just going to be short. It's a couple of messages that I want to share because I know that we will not be able to complete everything on this morning. And, and it came in the form of a question. And it was like, hey, God, what is the plan? I've had a few people I've had discussions with, and it's where they are in their life, and there's some things that they're going through and struggling with, and I, I, I don't know. I, I know that I've been there. Maybe you haven't been there, but I've been in situations where things were coming at me, and I began to question, and I said, hey, God, you know, what, what's the plan in this? What, what, what is it? that God has for me in this moment. In fact, I was just, it kind of started with my wife and I, we were having a conversation and I looked back over a text message and something that had happened or didn't actually work out for me. And then I, my response to her, and that it was two years ago, and I, my response to her was it didn't work out, 
but I'm trusting that God yet has a plan. And when I begin to think of that, that kind of inspired these, these messages that I want to share with you that I'm excited about. I'm excited about because I know that somebody else is there and we pray that what we share will help someone on this morning or throughout this week or wherever you are in your situation. I pray that it is helpful to you. In fact, may I pray with you now. Heavenly Father, Lord, touch us in these few destiny moments. Lord, allow your word to surgically be implanted upon our hearts. Lord, to rectify and cut away those things that are not like you. And Lord, to put in a, inside of us a spirit and understanding, Lord, that we must follow you, that we must trust you. Lord, help us, Lord, in areas where our faith is weak. And Lord, help our unbelief. Lord, even as the centurion asked Jesus, Lord, help us in the areas where we need to be strengthened. Lord, where we're, where we're weak, Lord, show yourself strong and mighty, Lord, in our mind, in our, in our jobs, Lord, in our relationships. Strengthen us through these words and allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But most of all, Lord, from this destiny experience, let us not leave unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I want to take you first to Genesis, the 22nd chapter. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. Again, that's Genesis, the 22nd chapter. And we're going to begin this conversation, if you will, in verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, so my version may vary some from yours. But the word of the Lord says in Genesis 22 and 1, it says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Lord, again, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirit to be receptive to your word in this moment. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I want to share with you from the thought which comes in the form of the question, hey God, what is the plan? Hey God, what is the plan? And if we're honest, all of us have been there at some moment. We've asked, Lord, what, what, what's the plan in this moment? I, I do not see, and the better, the better recitation of that thought is, I do not see where you are taking me. 
Now, notice the difference there, because in one instance, we're challenging God relative to what his plan is for our life. But in the other, what we're really seeking and what we're really acknowledging is that we don't personally see how this is going to a conclusion that is good for us. We just don't see it. When I, when I say don't see it, it, it takes me back in my mind to, to the prophet Elisha who sent the little boy after God had spoken to him that there will be rain. And the little boy went up on the cliff and he said, there is nothing. And again, I say often that is a declarative statement. What he should have said is, I see nothing. I don't see it. So often when we're challenging God, it's from the limited perspective of our human restraints where God has intricately put together a plan. The only problem with the plan is that we don't see it. We don't understand what God is trying to do. And we should be empathetic, particularly as parents in this moment, because we often, our children often come to us and we tell them no. Or sometimes, let me say, we should tell them no. We, well, that's an, a message for another day. But, but, but sometimes there are situations where we should tell them no. And they often don't understand why we're telling them no. But, but we understand and see further than they do. Sometimes even I, I think of our older saints and how they raised their children and some things that they did that, that I didn't understand, that we didn't understand. Even as adults, you remember there are some things that your parents told you no to that you didn't understand why. But as you grew older, you began to appreciate why they said certain things, why your parents wanted you to be in before dark. They, you began to appreciate as an adult and, and particularly as a parent that a lot of bad, hardly anything good happens late at night. Hardly anything good happens late at night. There's something that our old saints used to say about what's open late at night. I won't say it today, but, but, but you know, you know what I, where I'm headed. But, 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 but what I'm saying is that only bad things seem to happen late at night. In fact, if you think about it, you don't want to get a phone call late at night. Because usually if you get a phone call late at night, it's not good news. Something bad has happened. So when our parents told us to be in before, before, before dusk, but when they told us to be in before it got dark, if they told you to be in before uh, the streetlights came on, they were implanting and imparting something to you from which they had wisdom that at that time you did not appreciate or fully understand. And that's the same with God. Many times God takes us through dark situations and we can't see our way and we don't understand why we're suffering and dealing with what we're dealing with. But God sees even when we cannot see. And when we are frustrated, let's, let's, let's remind ourselves of our human limitations. God's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And even as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways and thoughts above ours. So we can, with our limited understanding and with our limited senses, we cannot see what God is doing. But it does not mean that God is not working. Just because we don't see it does not mean God is not working. Because as long as we're part of the we and we'll get to it, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Even when he's doing it in the dark and we can't see it, God is working things out for our good. I want you to point at somebody and just say, even when you don't see it, God is working it out for your good. 
Somebody needed to hear that. Somebody needs to internalize that on this morning. Even when you don't see it and I don't understand, I can't explain how it's working, but I am confident in the fact of what my God told me. I, I know that though all those things are working for my good. I know the intentions of my father and my savior who, who, who said to me that I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not evil to bring you a future and a hope. I know that even, even though I don't understand how it's being prepared, I know that it's being prepared for my good. I know things are working in my favor. So then when we get in our moments of frustration, that's what we need to remind ourselves of is that it's not that it's not coming out in my favor. It's simply that I can't see it. It's not that it's not, I'm not going to end up in the place where God told me. It's not that I'm not going to arrive at the place of destiny that God has for me. It's simply I'm limited by my own senses. And I just can't see it. So I don't need to say, like the little boy told Elijah, I don't need to say there is nothing. I need to say I see nothing. There's a big difference between there, there is nothing and, and, and I see nothing because I, I told you faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to make sure that when we talk to ourselves that we don't look in the mirror and say you are nothing. Don't tell the child you're nothing. Don't tell, tell the child that you're limited. Don't tell the child that you can only go so far. Because we're basing that assessment simply on what we see. And I'm telling you, what you can see is limited. I, I'm working inside my own limitations. I, I'm working inside the, the ability to perceive that I have, which God has already demonstrated to me, is limited. And what he's capable of doing and what he desires to do and what he is actually working in my life is far above my ability to perceive what he's doing. I don't perceive it. But, but it shouldn't be too hard for us because we operate in a lot of things that we don't understand and we don't see, but we keep using them. You turned your car on this morning. You don't know how that worked, but you know that it worked. You turned the key and expected something good to happen. And God is telling you in the morning, I just need you to turn the key. I wish. I wish somebody was in here with me. He said, I, I gave you the key. I just need you to turn the key. Don't, don't worry about how all the processes are working, how the spark plug is activating the, the, the gasoline or how the electric car is, how it's whirring and how all the wheels are turning. Don't, don't worry about how the starter is triggering the alternator and the alternator is withdrawing power from the battery and it's causing the engine to fire and to function. Don't worry about that. He's saying, all I need you to do is turn the key that I already... I wish, turn the key that I, that I already gave you. And we got these new cars now. You don't have to turn the key. You just need to have the key on you. And I came to tell somebody, you already have the key. You have the key. You have the key with you. And as long as God has given you the key, it will start. It will function. It will work together for your good, even though you don't understand how it's working. In fact, my, some cars, my car does this to me. I have the key in my pocket and then I'll get out of the car while it started and it'll honk at me. Like, like hold on. Don't, don't leave the car started without the key. You need to get back in the key while it started. 
And see, some of you all are leaving situations where God's honking at you like, huh, I need you to stop. Get back in. I'm not finished with you. I got something else. I got another level that I'm trying to take you to. But you're trying to leave. Why? Because you don't see it. Don't leave a situation simply because you cannot see it. That's why it's so important that we pray. Watch. Notice it says watch and pray. You're not, you're not, it doesn't give you permission to just watch. Watch has to be accompanied with praying. You watch and pray. Why? Because praying is the key. You got to make sure you have that with you because that activates whatever you're going through. Your prayer will help you get through situations. Get this, that you cannot see your way through. You can't see it. And if anybody was in a situation that they could not see themselves through, it definitely was Isaac. Because a lot of times, because of the the text and the proximity of the scriptures together, we think Isaac's a little baby, a little child. Isaac's big enough to carry the wood up the mountain. Notice that it says in, in the scripture, it says Abraham laid the wood upon Isaac. You don't lay the wood on a seven, eight year old. He was, an, he was older than we think. He, he, he was, a, I say, at least an adolescent. He, he, was a man, he was a man who could carry the wood up the mountain. And God has challenged him in this state where Isaac is fully aware of himself that Isaac is saying, hold on, I have a little, I have a, a little ability to draw some connections that there is wood and, and there is the mountain and there is the directive of God. But, 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 but dad, where, where's the sacrifice? So what, what Isaac was saying, you know what Isaac was saying right there? Hey, God, what's the plan? What's, what, what's the plan? I, I, I see some pieces that are coming together, but we're missing a big piece where I don't understand how it's going to work. Yeah. And, and it's some, I, I wish I had a few honest folks. Have you, have you been in a situation where you saw some things coming together, but you felt like you were missing a significant piece? And you're like, God, how is this going to work? How, how is this going to come together? Okay, let me break it down to me. Let me turn down your street. Lord, I see these bills. And these bills need to be paid, but I I don't see the money. There is a piece that's missing. Uh, God, what's what's the plan? God, God, I have these children, and and they need to be provided for. and, 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 and and, And I'm missing the amount that is necessary to make provisions for them. Hey, God, what? What is, what is the plan? Lord, 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 I'm in a situation right now where, where I'm frustrated and the frustrations are mounting every day. And Lord, I know I'm limited in what I'm able to handle. I, Lord, if I, if I have to deal with these frustrations going forward every day, I, I'm not going to make it. I wish I had some honest people in here with me. Lord, what, what, is, what is the plan? Well, God, I, he, he, he left me here with this, this boy, and he was a boy, and he was a child, but now he's growing up, and he's a man, and, and he's not acting right, and I, I'm limited in what I can do, and I'm limited in how I can steer him in the direction that he needs to go, but I know he needs direction. Lord, what is, what is the plan? All of us have been Isaac. I've been Isaac. All of us have been Isaac. Asking the question, I I see this and I see that, but we're missing this. So, Lord, I need to understand what's what's the plan. 
Well, one of the first and key elements of this is when, when we identify and we're trying to figure out a problem, we ask a series of questions. And usually we're asking who, what, when, why, and how. You know, what, what. We're asking these series of questions to determine what, what, how is this situation, how is this problem going to be resolved. And the first question that I want to ask, answer for anybody who's asking who, the who is you. Who, who was this situation crafted for? Who is going to come out of this? Who did God make this situation for? And the who is you. There is a reason that you're exactly where you are. And I need you to reinforce this for me this morning. Find somebody, point at them and say, there is a reason that you are exactly where you are. There's a reason. There, there, there is a purpose. God has a plan as to why you are exactly where you are. But and I know, I know some of you can question me in that moment because you're like, well, hold on. See, I was expecting. I was expecting to be here. I was planning to be there. I was planning to have this. I, I was preparing to this. I, I, I was expecting to have a wife by now. I, I was expecting to have children. I, I was expecting to have this job. I was expecting to have this much money. I, I was expecting to have my house. Uh, uh, there were places that I expected to be and I'm not there. So there must be something wrong with the plan. Oh, come on. I, I wish I had some... Some, some people who, who, who are being real with me this morning because each of us have had a plan in our mind, a trajectory that we had prepared in our mind and many of us have not reached that planned place. We have not reached that trajectory and because we're not there, then we feel like that there are some deficiencies in the plan. Deficiencies in the plan. And then, get this, this is the natural extension and I'm going to help somebody here. This is the natural extension of why some of you are frustrated it's because you're not in the place that you plan to be. So therefore, you feel like you will not receive the blessings because you're not in the right place. You feel like I, I cannot be blessed where I am because I'm supposed to be here. I cannot receive the fullness of what God has for me because I'm over here and I had planned and expected to be right there. So therefore, I'm going to miss out on the blessings because I'm not in the place where I planned to be. So can I, can, can, let's be real with it. I, I, I didn't get the degree that I wanted to get, so I'm not in the place where I planned to be. I, I, I had a child a little early, so I, I wasn't expecting this, so I'm not in the place where I planned to be. I, 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 I had a five-year plan, and, and in the five-year plan, I was going to be on this level on my job, and I haven't gotten there, so I'm not in the place where I planned to be. And then the natural extension of that thought is that since I'm not in that place where I plan to be, then God is not going to bless me where I am. I came to tell somebody, God knows where you are. God knows where you are. And in fact, God knew ahead that you would be there right where you are right where you are i'm not saying that you don't take hold of opportunities but god already knew where you were going to be and god has prepared blessings get this to get you and arrive at the place where you are right now 
He has, yes, he has blessings prepared for your future, but God has blessings that are going to arrive at the place where you are right now. God will sustain you wherever you are. God told the prophet, he said, now, when he said, declare there be no rain these years, he said, well, I, I got a brook ready for you. It's dry all over the country, but I got a brook that's waiting for you. I'm preparing a place for you right where you are. Then the brook dries up. God said, that's not a problem. I need you to leave the brook and go down to the widow woman there. And I have prepared a place for you right where you are. Whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstance is, God has a place that he has prepared for you. He has blessings that are lined up for you right where you are. Right there. I'm not in the place I plan to be. I'm not, uh, I'm not following the, the, the trajectory of my five-year plan. I'm not having arrived at the place that I want to be. But God has a blessing for you right there. And baby, what I need you to do is be real about where you are and stop projecting to places that you aren't. Be real about where you are. Don't pretend to be somewhere else when you're not there. I think I've shared and I, I hope we get it because it's so important that when we pretend that we're in a place that we're not, we'll cause our blessing to be a right to arrive at a fake destination. When you pretend, I, well, well, yeah, I'm here, but you're not there. So the blessing goes to a place where you're not. Be real about where you are. Because God knows where you are and he's chosen you for this moment and he's purposed and designed blessings for exactly where you are. He knows where you are. So, so Isaac must have been frustrated because he's like, I don't see anything. I, I don't see a sacrifice. But the sacrifice, I told you the who is about you. The sacrifice was about Isaac. There was nobody who was more prepared for that moment than Isaac. In fact, he was unique, so uniquely qualified for that moment that nobody else on earth could have fulfilled his role at that moment. Why? Because God was trying to send a message to Abraham. And to send a message to Abraham, he had to send a message through the thing that meant the most to him. He had to send a message that, 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 that was attached to his destiny. And now, what, what, was, what was Abraham's destiny? God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. So there was nothing that was more attached to Abraham's destiny than his son Isaac. If he's going to send him a message, he's going to send him a message through his son, the very thing that's tied to his destiny. Isaac, you, can you imagine how, how, how much Abraham linked and attached himself to Isaac? He said, God, God said, you're going to, I'm going to be the father of many nations, but, 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 but you're my only son of promise. And we know about Ishmael, but, but you're my son of promise. You're my son that he said the promise is going to flow through. It's going to flow through you. So you are very important to what God told me. So, so then if, if, if Isaac is so integral to what God told him, then why would God challenge Abraham to sacrifice his only son? Why would he challenge him 
through the, the very thing that was integral to him reaching out on his purpose, to, to reaching his destiny that God had designed for him. And I came to tell somebody today, sometimes you become attached to something that you think is linked to your destiny and you begin to worship it more than you worship God. Yes, God, he, he, he provided you the job, but don't worship the job more than you worship him. Yeah, God, God, he provided you the money, but don't, don't worship the money more than you worship God. Yes, God provided you the spouse, but, but don't worship and fall at their feet and forget to worship and acknowledge who God is. Yes, God provided the clothes, God provided the cars, God provided the houses. Don't allow anything to get in the way of your relationship with God, don't get too attached to it. So God was testing Abraham. He said, I, I know what I told you. I know what your destiny is. I know what my plan is. And Isaac is the conduit. He's the conduit for you to become the father of many nations. But I want to know where your faith is. And sometimes that's what God's doing to us. He wants to know what our faith is. Because even though Isaac was the conduit to the promise, he was only carrying it. The promise came through God. And God was trying to see, Abraham, have you moved your faith? Have you changed your faith from being in me to being in your son? So is, is your faith in God or is it the, in the money? That's why he said it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven. <laughs> what Jesus said, because it, it, it's easy to think, uh, if God don't do it, that's all right, my money will. It's easy to change your faith when you have money, because I, I don't need God, I got my money. Come on now. Abraham could have said, well, well, God got me this far, but now I got Isaac, so I don't need God. I got Isaac. I have a seed who can produce more seed, who can make me the father of many nations. But, but God was challenging Abraham in that moment. I need to see where your faith is. And some of you right now, while you're asking and wondering, what's God's plan? God is just simply saying, I'm arranging things to determine where your faith is. I, I'm challenging you in this moment to see where your faith lies. I'm allowing frustration to occur in your life because I want to see where your faith is. I'm allowing the storm to linger on because I'm trying to see and determine where your faith is when you're going through the storm, when you're going through the trial. Are you going to lean on what you have or are you going to lean on me? Are you going to trust what I've provided you with or are you going to trust the provider? Come on in here with me now. Uh, he said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Are you trusting what's in the earth or are you trusting he who is in charge of everything? to know where your, where your faith is. So, so while you're asking and pondering, and Lord, you're saying, what, 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 Lord, what is the plan? Hey, I, I, I'm struggling here. I see some pieces coming together, but yet I'm still going through this trial. And God is saying through this trial, through this storm, I'm trying to determine where is your faith. Yeah. I'm asking that to somebody right now because I'm asking where is your faith. I'm asking where is your faith and, and, and I'm not asking you so you'll raise your hand because I'm trying to get you to internalize this question so you begin to ask the question of yourself because you, where your treasure is, that's, that's where your heart is. So, so what you treasure in your mind, what you think is important is how you spend your time. And if you're saying, oh, I, I put all my faith and my trust in God, then how much time are you giving God? Oh, God, uh, I all my faith and all my trust is in God. How much time did you give God this week? 
Because it's easy to say, but, but, but it's not as easy to walk because I, I, I trust God, but, but, but I, did I spend one moment reading his word? I, I, I say that I trust God, but I, did I spend any moments on my knees in prayer? I'm saying that, that, that God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? But how many times did you seek God's direction this week? How many times did you ask him to guide you in a decision? How many times did you seek him before you stepped out and did something that you may later regret? How much do you trust him? Don't say you trust him. Show that you trust him. God said, I'm tired of people saying it. I'm tired of people telling me it becomes a trend. What would Jesus do? Peter, anybody can see it and, and wear the wristband, but how many people are spending time in prayer and in my word to understand my voice? Jesus said a lot of people wear the, wear the shirt, but he said, but my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice. They know my voice. And a stranger, they will not heed. They will not be distracted by people who are talking, but they don't sound like the shepherd because they have such a relationship that they know what my voice sounds like. They know what it sounds like. Because it's important to know what it sounds like and what it doesn't sound like. Because I told you when you pray, the devil will have an answer before God does. Come I wish. Do I need to turn down your street? There, many of you have asked for a spouse, and the devil sent you a bunch of wrong answers real fast. I wish I had some real witnesses in here. You, you pray. Oh Lord, I, I want a wife. Oh Lord, I want a husband. Before you know it, ding, there's your phone. The devil will send you the wrong answer real fast. But you have to have discernment. You have to know the voice of God so that when the wrong answer comes, you can say, no, that's not it. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's not it. Because I told you, this, it's so important to have closed doors in your life because if every door was open, you'd walk through the wrong one. If every door was open, you'd walk through the one that what? Get this. Remember our senses. That looks good to you. And I wish I had some witnesses because I'm just going to testify for myself. If you don't say nothing, I've walked through some open doors that weren't meant for me because they look good. It looked good to my eyes, to my perception, to my senses. And this is how the devil really gets you because some of us are so spiritual people. We, we bank on what feels good. And we'll say stuff like this that say, oh, it felt right. Baby, there's a lot of stuff that feels right. Come on in here with me now. Some, some, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I, I, I just need to say it so you get what I'm saying. Some of y'all had children because it felt right. Then you start dealing with them. You're like, oh, I should have prayed about that. <laughs> but at the moment... Y'all with me? At the moment, it felt right. We cannot base it on what we feel, but as sheep, we have to be in tune with the voice of the shepherd, be in tune with God's voice. My sheep hear my voice, and a stranger, they will not heed. And that's the only way that is the resolution to the problem we have in our mind as to why God, what's the plan? What's the plan? I can't be in tune with the plan 
that I never read. God's hidden the plan for your life in his word. And why do I say hidden? Even Jesus said when he was giving them parables, he said, I'm, he said, I'm disclosing some of the keys to the kingdom inside the parable, but hiding it from those who are not entitled. It, 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 it's in there. It, it, it's in the word. You get in tune with God's voice when you continue to read the word accompanied with praying. But some of you are confused because you're just watching. You can't just watch. You have to watch. And you have to pray. I told you today, and I'm finished, I told you today was about who, and I told you the who is you. You are specifically created for this moment. You are specifically created for this promise. This, This is your destiny that God is preparing for you. And Isaac was uniquely qualified for this situation. Nobody else would do because he was the very key to the destiny that God had spoken into Abraham's life. Nobody else could fulfill that role except Isaac. Nobody but Isaac. So then when it comes to a key moment, there are servants who are with Abraham and who are with Isaac. And when they're getting prepared to go up to the mountain that God showed him, he left the servants behind. And and I'll keep telling you until you get it, everybody can't go with you. Everybody can't go with you. That's a whole message by itself. But everybody can't go with you. And some of you right now, you feel heavy because you're trying to carry too many people to a place that God only designed for you. He, he designed it for you, and everybody doesn't fit in this moment. Everybody wasn't designed for this purpose. He didn't intend for you to carry everybody into this situation because I come to tell you, the more you're elevated, the higher you go in God, the less people you're going to have to have with you. Come on, come on now. You're not Jesus, but Jesus had to die on the cross by himself. He couldn't carry anybody with him, and all his disciples abandoned him. When I come to tell you, reach to the pinnacle of where God's trying to take you, you're going to have to go by yourself. And there's some other people you're going to have to release and let go. Why? Not because you're so important, but because they have their own destiny. And they can't take you with them either. They have to reach the pinnacle of their own purpose. So at some point, you have to be disjointed and reach the place that God is trying to take you. Everybody can't go with you. So he takes Isaac with him, and they go to the mountain. If you notice closely in the the text, God didn't even tell them initially where they were going. He said, once you go, I'll show you. So then he shows them along the path. Abraham leaves the servants behind, and Isaac goes with him. And then as they're ascending to the mountain, before they leave the servants, Notice what Abraham says. Now, this is a man of faith. It's a man of faith. He knows what God told him to do. But you know what he tells the servants? He said, we're going to go to this place and worship. And he said, and we will then return to you. He knows that God has challenged him regarding sacrificing his son Isaac. But Abraham had enough faith to declare. Faith comes by hearing. And sometimes you need to hear yourself say it. Sometimes you need to hear yourself say it. So sometimes when you're speaking, you're not speaking for other people. You're speaking for yourself. You know the songwriter says, speak over yourself. Sometimes you need to say it out loud for yourself. When you're by yourself looking in the mirror, I am what God says that I am. I have everything that God says I will have. I will be everything that God says I will be. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a lender and not a borrower. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. 
Sometimes you need to say it out loud for yourself. So in that moment when he's speaking to his servants, I don't think it's as much as him speaking to his servants as his servants as Abraham is trying to bolster his old faith when he's saying, we're going to go worship in this mountain and we shall return back to you. Then Isaac challenges him and Isaac says, I, I, I see this and I, I see the wood and I, I see the all, but I don't see the sacrifice. And Abraham says, the Lord shall provide a sacrifice for himself. The Lord shall provide a sacrifice for himself. What he's saying is I don't see it. And and, and I need you to grab onto that faith. I, I, I don't see it. And literally, I do not have it. I don't have it and I don't see it, but I have enough faith to believe that the Lord will provide a sacrifice for himself. And I need somebody right now who's seeking an answer. You're wondering, I'm struggling in this place. I I don't, you're like Abraham. I don't have it and nor do I see it. But I want you to be able to speak over yourself. I don't want to say it for you. I want you to say it for yourself that the Lord will provide. The Lord, hashtag that the Lord will provide. God will provide. Jehovah Jireh, he he will provide. Even though I don't have it and even though I don't see it, the Lord, he will. He will provide. I'm going to close with this. And I told you we're talking about who, that this moment is uniquely made and created for you. That I have a computer in my house. It's my my computer, my personal computer that I I use when I'm preparing messages, when when I'm working. And when I go to that computer, I go and it has facial recognition software. So it tells me to look into the camera. And when I look into the camera, the computer opens up. It unlocks as long as it can see my face. Sometimes I have to turn the light on because it's too dark. But as soon as the light comes on and the computer, the camera recognizes my face. It comes on. Many of you, your phones work like that. These phones now, you don't have to press in a code. But if you simply look in the camera, it recognizes your face. And then it comes on. It opens when it sees your face. Now, we've been challenged recently because now we're wearing masks. And sometimes because of your mask, your phone doesn't recognize your face. So you have to pull down your mask so the phone can see your face, so that the phone can open. And when I thought about that, and 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 let me give you this too before I move. Other people can get in your phone if you give them the code, but it will not open when it simply sees their face. Because the phone is keyed on recognizing your face. What I'm telling you is that God is trying to unlock some things in your life. And I talked about the who today. It is uniquely tied to who you are. And I'm not talking about social distancing and I'm not talking about COVID protocols. But what God is saying for some of you is you need to remove the mask. And what is the mask? The mask is you attempting to look like somebody else. He's saying, if you try to mask your appearance, if you try to look like somebody else, it will not unlock your destiny. 
Because you're trying to appear like somebody else. I even give you this. Sometimes when you try your phone in the dark, it can't see you because it needs more light. The Bible says let your light shine. Don't turn off your light. Your destiny needs your light to be shining. Sometimes in the morning, I, I think it must be my, my face must be crumpled up when I first wake up in the morning. I need to wash my face because sometimes I look at my phone and it don't recognize me. Some of y'all, y'all haven't put your makeup on. You haven't done all your hair right or you haven't put it on. And, and the phone doesn't recognize your face. I know I got some witnesses in here. But you have to get yourself together. You have to look like yourself to, to, for, the, for the phone to recognize you. What I'm saying is that sometimes we spend so much time trying to look like somebody else that we fail to unlock what God has uniquely created just for you. Turn on the light. Remove the mask. And you being the trueness of who you are will unlock the destiny that God has uniquely created for you. Just like Isaac. The only person who could have gone with Abraham that day was Isaac because he was the who he was the key to that destiny moment. And I need you to understand this, that sometimes we haven't reached or stepped out on what God has for us because we haven't presented God the real us. What did he require from us? He said, present your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. You know what God is saying? I don't want who you're pretending to be. I want you for who you are. Everyone standing on your feet, put those hands together and give God some praise for his word. God wants the fullness, the reality of, of you, the fullness of who you are. He wants you, all your flaws, everything that you're not, Songwriter said, everything that I'm not, everything that I am, but Lord, I give it all to you. He knows your shortcomings. He knows the areas and your deficiencies. But God wants you. He wants you. So, so, so to, 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 to disclose the, the key to the resolution of the problem that I'm asking God, as to God, is the plan. The first element is who, and the first element is you. Presenting the fullness and the trueness of who you are. God I know where I come up short, and I'm working on it. Can we be real? I'm working on it, Lord. I, I'm not there yet, but Lord, I'm working on it. I, because just like your child, when your child comes to you, you don't recognize them by what they did. You recognize them by who they are. And even more than that, if you're a good parent, you don't recognize by what they've done. You recognize them by what God has told you they will be. What God has shown you is going to happen in their lives. And that's what you're expecting. When they call you and when the police, when they call you and they've been stopped by the police, then it doesn't matter. You still see what God, where God is taking them. They're in jail, but they, they, you know where God is taking them. They've had many downfalls, but you're not looking at what they've done. You know where God is taking them. And so that when they come home, it's like the prodigal son. Not worried about what you've done. Don't worry about where you've been. I, I'm embracing my son for who he is. And God will embrace us if we're honest about where we are 
and who we are. God wants the true you. Can I pray with you this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, for reminding us that when we are asking the question, hey, God, what's the plan? That you have yet made us for this moment. That we are not lost. And even though we're not in that place that we want to be, that place that we designed to be, that prepared to be, we're not following the the trajectory of our five-year plan. Lord, yet you know exactly where we are. And Lord, you can bless us right there. Lord, even when we seem like we're feeling our way through the dark, you know who we are. And you are working things out for our good, even when we cannot see it for ourselves. And Lord, the key to us opening what you have for us is letting our light shine, being our true self, seeking your direction so that we can be the best version of ourselves that you desire us to be. And even when we don't see it, Lord, you have a plan. And I know that we serve a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Help us to our unbelief and help us to walk in faith even when we don't have it and even when we don't see it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who have been watching us by social media, we praise God for you. We pray that you are blessed by what you heard, and we pray that you will live with expectation and great faith until we shall see you again. Be blessed. Come on. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.